Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check, but either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh, we fresh. Fresh, 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 fresh. 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 Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast, the podcast about music, pro wrestling, and MMA. I'm your host, Kay Fresh. And like always, we have a great show for you. Before we get into that, definitely just want to remind you how you can help and support the podcast. You can always go to freshofthepodcast.com and share any links on the website, on any of your social media. That would be fucking great. And also... You can click on the link on the website that says support the podcast. And there's a PayPal link you can donate to. Also, there's an Amazon link that you can use anytime you want to make purchases on Amazon. Use that link and it will uh, they'll shoot us back a little bit of commission. doesn't change anything on your end. Also, you can follow Fresh is the Word on Twitter and Instagram at Fresh is the Word 1. That's Fresh is the Word, then the number 1. And then on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fresh is the podcast. And you can also oh, we're dude, now we're everywhere where you can where you can uh go ahead and subscribe to us. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Mixcloud, and SoundCloud. Go to any of those platforms and just type in Fresh is the Word and the podcast should come up. And you can subscribe to it. You can leave some comments, some reviews. Give us five stars wherever you can rate five stars. But we're all over the place now. So there's no, there's no, 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 no excuse why you can't listen to Fresh is the Word. And why, why would you want to miss the show? We've been having great guests. And I have a lot of great guests in the works. Like today's guest. The vocalist and guitarist of the... UK-based alternative rock band, Alvarez Kings. 
goes by the name of Simon Thompson. He's a good dude. I uh, first uh, spoke with him a little over a year ago when the band was on tour with uh, pop star Melanie Martinez, and uh, we did a uh, did a uh, article on Huffington Post about them. But uh, we just got reacquainted uh, recently. Got on the phone with Simon Tom- Thompson again, and uh, you know we talked about you know what's gone, gone went, what went into the making of their uh, debut album, which is called Somewhere Between. That uh that came out recently on Warner Brothers Sire Records. Uh, we talked about you know the producer that they worked with, uh, being on tour with Melanie Martinez for so long because they they went everywhere with her. So we get into all of that. We get into uh, you know every, the nuts and bolts of their their debut album, which is a good album. It's very good. Somewhere between Alvarez Kings, go pick it up. And then like always. Afterwards, we'll be joined by my co-host V Styles. I'm I'm bringing back something that I I originally was going to uh, to to use when uh, V Styles joined the podcast. I'm gonna call that sec- that uh, that that segment of the podcast "Knuckle Up." The reason I'm doing that is because I have some other plans for other podcasts, and I want to make sure that everything's branded. Every th- every segment has a name, just so I don't confuse anything. So. For this week's edition of Knuckle Up, you know, like always, I'm not going to say this week's, every week's edition of Knuckle Up basically has V-Styles with me. We, we, took, we took the week off last week. I just gave you the episode with, the, with my interview with uh, Josh uh, Smith from uh, North Lane, which I hope you very much enjoyed. But uh, he's back this week because our uh, our schedules were kind of uh, last week, so he's he'll be back with us. He's back with us this week to talk about what's going on in the world of music, pro wrestling, and MMA, like always. I got a lot of cool news coming up soon. A lot of cool projects that are connected to Fresh as the Word in the works, and definitely will uh, let you know as they as they you know come to fruition. So let's get to the interview with Simon Thompson of the band Alvarez Kings. I, you know, I've talked with you before. Uh, the first time was when you were on the Melanie Martinez tour and came through uh, to around uh, to Michigan uh, just when the band had signed right. with uh, Warner Brothers and Sire. Um, how has your time been thus far with uh, working with the label? Um, yeah, really good. Um, we've, got, we've now got an album out, so that would have been sort of impossible without uh, the backing from from Warner um, and it's um, you know it's helped give give us a number of opportunities um, across you know America and Europe so yeah it's been been really good right yeah, the new album is really great I really love it uh, I've been listening to it a bunch of times uh, recently and uh, coming from the uh, fe- yeah no doubt uh, and coming from the the, the Fear to Feel EP, you know, what did you want to expand on as a band with Somewhere Between? Um, well, Fear to Feel was sort of made and created just on a on a laptop. So we didn't have we didn't have all the right sort of tools that we wanted at the time to make it a big sounding um sort of collection of of songs. So when we had the opportunity to go and work with Carlos in, in LA and you know we originally recorded the uh, the album sort of live 
in uh, in, a, in a big studio called um, Ocean Ocean Studio in Burbank. Yeah. Um, in LA, and so we recorded live, and we just, you know, I, I think the 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 mic and the microphones just alone on the drum kit were like eighty thousand dollars worth of microphones. <laughs> so it was just like completely different because uh, you know majority of the of the drums on the Fierce Billy P were programmed like swapped out for a lot of the uh, acoustic drums so just that whole experience and going back to Carlos's um, studio his home studio in Eagle Rock he got like a tons of a ton of um, not like from the Fierce Billy P would just programmed um, like from a sound card in, in a laptop, so just completely different. We just we were like kids in tweet shops, so we just we just sort of went to town, especially with with the uh, you know the tools that we had to to work with. Yeah, working with we were able to just create that big bigger sound. Yeah. I was saying, working with uh, Carlos De La Garza on this album, what did he bring? You know, what did he do to bring the best out of you guys for this album? Um, sort of, I don't know because we had we went with a good idea of what we what we knew we wanted to to record, and we actually rented out a cabin uh, just before we went out there and set up like a little home studio, and we recorded all the demos for the songs, and then. So I gave them to the label, and the label were like, "Yeah, these are great. Let's let's get you out to LA and get the album recorded." Um, so, so they were so we knew what we wanted, but then Carlos um, listened to all the songs, all the demos, and he um, he basically has to has to put he cut out a lot of the fat that he, he thought was not needed in the songs so he came up with like little edits before we got there yeah. and then he, he we basically, the first day we basically we sat down and he was like right i've moved some of the things around i've cut some of the fat um uh, what do you think to this and um because you can when you when it's your own songs you can sort of uh, get too involved with the song and lose sort of track of of um, what you're trying to get out of that song and so he, he basically was like an outside perspective of things that he he felt weren't necessarily needed in order to get the, the best out of the song. So we, had, we ended up calling him uh, Carlos the Butcher <laughs> throughout the whole time. Because um, he, he cut away a lot of the fat. And, it, you know, it, it's, even on, on a lot of the songs, when we first heard them, we were like, yeah, that makes so much sense. On certain bits, it took a lot of convincing, um, and we—I think there was one or two bits that we kind of vetoed, and we're like, "Whoa, you can't do that!" And so it was a very happy medium. But and then for me personally, when I was recording my vocals, he, me and Carlos spent a lot of time together, um, you know, just creating the right environment and. Um, like he was very patient with me as well, uh, trying to get the best out of my voice. So I, you know, because I guess like the, the singing part of the songs are quite an important part of the actual 
record. So um, he never wanted to push me too much. He, he was always, you know, we can we can stop for today, or we can have a break, or we can go and have a coffee, or I can send somebody to get your coffee. So it was always um, a really comfortable environment, and um, he always he always sort of pushed me to the limit as well. He, he always he would always say, "I think you can. I think you've got more in you. I think you can do better." Um, you know, so yeah, I think. And then in terms of picking um, up, uh, sorry, not people pieces, sleepwalking part two. Um, that was pretty much, you know, created on the spot in the studio with Carlos involved. So um, yeah, because we, we were we wanted to have sleepwalking. Um, the actual song, the acoustic song that we played live for, for so long. Yeah. But when we were doing the pre-production with, with Carlos, we we kind of all agreed that the, the acoustic track just wasn't like sitting nicely in the album. So that's where we came up with Sleepwalking Part Two. So that was sort of a very memorable and sort of poignant part, part for me of um, of recording the album. Your your vocals on this album sound very <clears throat> very emotional. Um, you know, how did you feel when you were actually laying down your vocals, having to go into the studio? Was this an emotional thing? Did it scare you to actually have to go in there and just you know belt out these lyrics and do it in a way that was so emotive? Yeah, I mean, I'm like the I'm I'm really like self critical um, about my vocals and singing and and lyrics and and the actual songs and it usually takes somebody to say no that's really great and then i'll be like oh yeah it is real <laughs> so until somebody actually acknowledges um my work it's it's hard for me to sort of um believe that it's that it's good so um Again, like in Carlos's home studio, it was just like a nice atmosphere. We had like fairy lights and uh, we had the light down low. And then just sort of my emotions coming through singing the songs was I was just try sort of trying to get lost in the moment, um, creating that cool vibe in the studio and sort of trying to remember, um, you know, remember how I first came up with those with those stories and, and try and put myself back in those sort of environments and try and convey that when, when singing, I tried not to hold back. Um, like sometimes when you're singing live, when you're doing like a, a long set, like a over an hour set, sometimes you're, you're a bit, well, I am personally a bit scared to, to go too far and, and risk sort of tiring my voice. But when I was in the studio, I, I sort of like was, just really going for it and thought, and I was thinking that the entire time, you know, this is about to be perfect because this is going on an album that's going to, it's going to be around and accessible forever. Right. So I want to make sure that I'm happy with, with that performance and, um, and so I thought that, that was the attitude that I took. Right. You know, I read on your uh, Instagram account that, you know, when you posted about the release of this album, you described it as my music career summed up in 11 songs. You know, expand on that. What does that mean to you? Um, 
I think I, I put that just just because the actual album is is something that we've all worked towards for a very long time, and you sort of have like uh, goals that you want to achieve when you, when you start out as a musician or when you start in a band. Like when you become a musician, you want to you want to form a band with your school friends, right. and then when you join a band, you you rehearse together and. And then you want to write songs, and then the the next thing is you want to perform live. So, you know, we've been doing that for a while, and I, I always wanted to achieve releasing an album through um, a record label, and and not even necessarily a major record label. But when that opportunity came up, it was like unbelievable. So that was what I was sort of um, in my message when I when I put that on on my Instagram account, it was, you know, my career thus far all summed up in one album because that's what you, you're remembered for. Everyone will base your band on, on your albums. Right. Yeah, to close out this uh, this interview, uh, I also uh, saw that on your Instagram you were uh, talking about the personal training sessions that you've been uh, uh, taking part in recently. You know, how's those going? You know, what's your uh, routine uh, been thus far? <laughs> my personal training sessions yeah um it was just it was just something that um like one of my friends was um he got into personal training and we we used to go on we, we used to play like football together and go on on a lot of runs and um i find it hard when um i'm really busy or like with touring and stuff to try and keep up sort of a fitness regime because i am sort of conscious about my health and I do want to keep fit and feel good and, and, and look good. So it was, I spoke to the personal trainer and he's, we sort of put together like a program, um, and a, like a, a diet as well that I can try and maintain when I'm on tour and when I'm off tour, sort of like the training I've been doing is like high intensity, um, sort of training. So like doing, crazy hill sprints early in the morning and then going back to the gym and doing um some workouts in the gym as well so it's 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 not it's not nice at all when you're doing it but it's uh you do feel like you've achieved something great when you've finished (laughs) (laughs) right 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 all right simon it's been a great talking with you again uh like i said i enjoyed the album you know good luck to you guys i know you guys are coming up over to the states for a, a tour uh, later this year, uh, so you know, good luck yeah. on that. Uh, where can um, you know if anybody wants to check out Alvarez Kings? Where can they find you guys online? So yeah, our website is alvarezkings.com, and that's that's got all the uh, the tour information and tickets link links for actually back in America in June, July. They've got the links to all the socials um, like Twitter and. Instagram and Facebook, and they're all just forward slash Alvarez Kings. Really, really simple, but yeah, that's uh, that's where you where you can find us. All right, great man. It's been great talking with you again, and like I said, man, good luck with everything. Yeah, thanks, Kelly, and uh, let us know if you want to come to one of the shows. Oh, no uh, problem. Just, just hit us up. No doubt, no problem. All right, man. Have a good day. All right, dude. Yeah, you too. Thanks very much. All right, later. So that was my interview with Simon Thompson of the band of Rest Kings. Please go pick up their uh, new album, their debut album, Somewhere Between, out now on Warner Brothers Sire Records.
And now, let's get to this week's edition of Knuckle Up, featuring, like always, my guest host, Detroit hip-hop artist, pro wrestling MMA connoisseur, and proud Marine, V-Styles. What up, bro? What's going on, Kelly? You good, though? Yeah, man. Uh, we had to take a week off uh, from this uh, this discussion portion of the podcast because last week the our schedules were you know conflicting. There was so much to do, like before the whole yeah. Memorial Day weekend. There was just a lot of shows and concerts and whatnot. So it just yeah, it just didn't happen. But it's all good, you know. Uh, I'll take the I'll take the blame for that, man. I was lazy last week. Lazy. <laughs> That was all good. I was I was really busy myself too, so it was like it was it was super hard for my end to uh, you know to get to to be able to get my schedule up and going for that. But what I, mm-hmm. one show like the one show that I do want to talk about because uh, it definitely has to do with a lot with the topics was uh, I went to the Fozzie show at the Machine Shop in 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 uh, Flint. Oh okay. Yeah, and. Uh, Dude, it was such a fun show, man. I, um, when uh, when Fozzie came out, they uh, they started with Judas, and everybody loved it. You know, it was it was super cool. And uh, this is what it's a dope ass record. Oh yeah, and this is what what makes Chris Jericho like just a master, like entertainer performer. He knows that mm-hmm. a majority of that crowd, a lot of that crowd, is there because of of WWE because he's a wrestler. They want to see him. Chris Jericho, the wrestler. So, the whole show and okay, and Fozzie's a kick-ass band, you know. Live, he did not make mm-hmm. any wrestling references at all during the whole show until the absolute end, when he's doing the whole thank yous and about to, you know, at the end, of the last uh, song, like thank you, thank you, everything, and and thanking the crowd and everything. He goes, Flip Michigan. You just made the list. You just made the list. And the crowd <laughs> popped, you know? And I was like, dude, that's what makes him such a master performer, man. <laughs> he, I, I I agree. He knew he knew exactly <laughs> how, where to put where to place that, man. He didn't he didn't do any he didn't do any wrestling references or, or anything the whole performance until the absolute end and the crowd popped. That's dope. And it was funny though. Um, Matt, it was funny with uh, one of the uh, one of the opening bands that they're on tour with, uh, King. The lead singer was mm-hmm. uh, was totally uh, messing with the 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 wrestling marks in the crowd. Like they were up front. He's like, <laughs> before before one of the uh, the songs, he was like, he's like, look here, man. We're at a rock show. Act like it. Do something. Bob, bob your head. Put your fist in the air. Uh, Headbang, do something. I know you're here to see Chris Jericho, uh, the wrestler, but this isn't a WWE event. John Cena isn't come out to powerbomb anybody. Undertaker's music isn't about to play. You're at a rock show, so act like it. He's like, no, how about you go to the back of the uh, you go to the back of the uh, of the of the venue until Chris Jericho comes out. The guy didn't even move anyways, but he's like, no. <laughs> and then he just started, <laughs> but he, he was he was like the he was just like really messing with him, and I was just laughing my ass off because it was it was, oh, was funny though. Particular, what do you what, what do you have on a lot of WWE shit? Yeah, and he was just sitting there, just like not doing anything. He was up front, just not doing anything for the opening bands. And, and you're like, yo, be at a rock show. Have fun, man. Like, 
everybody else, even if they're there to see Chris Jericho, they were having fun. You know, they were banging their heads or whatever. But there was this guy, he was just looking miserable up front, like not doing anything. And and I, the opening the the guy from King just totally like was was just like messing with him. It was it was actually really hilarious. That's what's up. I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. I missed that. No, it was it, it, it was cool a really it was a really fun show, man. I really enjoyed it. Like they they are they are a really good band live. It, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. I'd right. I'd love to see that. Yeah, man. All right, you you were just telling me before we uh, started recording that you were a little upset with the WWE right yeah, now. What's going man. on? Well, what's up, man? What's up? What what are you upset about? Refresh my memory because I know it was only a couple of days ago, but I can't remember everything that happened on on Raw and SmackDown right now because I, I, I have I, so much things going on in my mind. Look, I should have knew based off. Him being in his hometown, and Vince McMahon traditionally always have the hometown people lose. They always when, do, yeah. Yeah, he does that shit, man. Well, unless unless you uh, unless you old girl winning uh, the women's title in Orlando, right? You know, but in this case, when it's AJ Styles. Going against Dolph Ziggler, a person I like to call the greatest Shawn Michaels impersonator. Right. We've we've possibly ever seen. Dresses just like him, same boots, same moves. Um, the Famouser is okay. I mean, but he he is Shawn Michaels. He's everything Shawn Michaels. Right. In my opinion, he's never to beat AJ Styles in a one-on-one matchup. And even if you do what you did on Tuesday, us fans know that this is some bullshit. Like, you really put Dolph Ziggler over AJ Styles in Atlanta when he broke out the red. Right. He broke out the red for the Falcons. You know, for the birds, for the dirty birds. Now, I don't fuck with the dirty birds, but right. <laughs> I fuck with AJ. And it's just a travesty to have him lose clean. He lost clean. Right. To Dolph Ziggler. That, that, that sucks, man. That's on the same, that's on the same lines of Jinder Mahal being champion right now. I don't know, man. This, this this whole Jinder Mahal thing is uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, the celebration the was kind of cool. Day, <laughs> my, my, what was that? My, 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 what are you saying? The Maharaja. Maharaja. Ma, yeah. Maharaja. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, just looking at them pictures a couple of years ago of him then and looking at him now, man. Something's going on there. Woo. I don't know. I he was on Chris Jericho's podcast and he he explained a lot of the things that uh um people might be saying about him and and uh you know kind of his uh his journey back to WWE like for a while he was just kind of doing like he wasn't even doing like the regular indies that everybody else does. He was just doing other like 
other pro- um, promotions in different countries for years. But he got mm-hmm. he was like going through like just being depressed, and he like gained all sorts of weight just drinking beer all the time. And he wasn't even he was like actually like sort of fat for a while. And around the uh, brand split time, he got a call from WWE, and and um, they were interested in bringing him back. And he wasn't as as fit as he is now, as muscular, but he like he said that he started eat, uh, like eating better, cutting out. He cut out the booze, and uh, he you know really started like working out a lot smarter, you know. So I don't know. I, I kind of I know I know it's a weird thing to go from like a jobber to a world champion, but at the same time, like. This reign is actually much more interesting than what uh, they're doing with Randy Orton previously. So. Yeah, I agree with that. That was a horrible. Uh, it's Randy Orton's last title reign was probably the worst I've ever seen. I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like Randy Orton's just dialing it in now, man. He's just calling it in, man. It's just like I, I, and even his his feud with Bray Wyatt, it was good, but Bray Wyatt was. Uh, you know, muscling that whole thing, you know, he had, he had that whole thing on his back, you know, and it was just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not too mad at this, uh, this current title reign, but like, you know, there's other dudes that like, I hope get it. I I guess I just don't like the dudes that come out with the lime green shirts with him. (laughs) Oh, oh, the, uh, the Singh brothers. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God, man. Bollywood boys. (laughs) Yeah, because it's stereotyping at its best. You know, I hate that. I, I hate when I see we, you know, when you blatantly, you know, because I know dudes, you know, I know dudes that dress like that. <laughs> right. That's, you know, that's that that you know that that's that race and that culture. I mean, I'm, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm like, wow, they really went extreme with it when I. <laughs> Like, right. If they'd have had him with a regular like manager, or you know, maybe Russo Seth in this corner, you know, right. Maybe there'd been a different feeling, but when I, I mean, it's just the, the worst. I, I hate when you stereotype, man, and that's what it looked like. You look like you got two dudes. It's about to hang out Friday night in Deadborn, and <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, that's what it looked like with them with them color the colorful shirts with the slick. Slick head dudes with the with the teased eyebrows and like that's a fucking stereotype. It is. <laughs> so when I see that shit, so when I say that, see that, it's almost like crime time. Remember crime time? I yeah. used to get mad when he came out. Yeah. You know, I'd be like, really? That what we do? Okay. You know. Huh? It is what it is. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, he's ba- he, he's. You know, on the flip side of it, he's on on cloud nine right now, man, and uh, he got a whole country behind him. So you got you got people who got cities behind them and regions. He got a whole fucking country. So you know, good for him. Yeah, never, never, I, I mean, I'm not as mad as I was, right? But you know, good for him. And uh, they were they were like talking about this. Uh, I don't know if uh, I was I was just I was just. It might have been on the Jericho podcast with them, or it might have been when uh, another p- podcast when they're talking about this whole title reign. What what it looks like they might be doing is like the same thing that they did with uh, Bret Hart, where 
like Bret Hart is the heel in the states, but the face in his own country in in Canada, where he's like, oh, you talking about when he was going against Steve Austin back then? Yeah, where uh, yeah, same thing. Where uh, Jinder Mahal is going to be a heel here, but in India he'll be he'll be great. Kali was like that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he uh, and uh, back in the day, Jinder did uh, work a lot with uh, Kali. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. That's why to see him now, it's like wow. You know, he used to be he used to be uh, great Kali's. You know, uh, handyman. You know, go get my go get my soup. You know, that was who who he was. And now to see, I mean, it's just for me, it's just different. Like wow. It's the equivalent of Barry Horowitz becoming world champion. I think, and I think after uh, listening to the uh, interview that he did with Jericho, I think, um, I think back in the day when Jinder uh, Mahal was with the whole three MB shit and everything, I think there was. Oh my god, that was horrible! It was horrible, but I think in the beginning they really wanted. I think Vince McMahon really wanted Jinder Mahal to be in the position that he is in now. But something happened. Something didn't work out uh, the way it it should have, and it, and then it almost got forgotten. And then Jinder Mahal was just kind of almost he was almost like call, like dialing it in back then. He was like very depressed about how that um, how the whole he didn't like he didn't like the whole three MB stuff. You know, even he he thought it was kind of stupid. He didn't like by the end of that he was just like. I don't even want to do this anymore. <laughs> so I think I think what's going on now with him is actually kind of what they wanted to do back in the day, but he just wasn't ready, and it just didn't work out. Okay. All right, well, we going to see. We definitely going to see. We going to see what's going to happen. Um, I, I just want to see – I want to see better work. You know, I want to see – I just want to see better work, man. You know, um, and again, it's, it's really hard for people that watch this and when you know where certain people come from and to see them just, see them just like that become this, like, overnight, like, wow. We weren't even thinking about this dude last year. <laughs> Crazy. We weren't thinking about this dude last year. Right. So, but I guess it, you know, I, I guess it kind of goes with this whole SmackDown Land of Opportunity thing that they've been doing since the brand split. Where I, I guess it works out in that sort of you know storyline or motto or whatever that SmackDown has that will give more opportunities over here than that old you know Monday Night Raw thing going on. Who do you want to um, come out of the? Uh, uh, the raw brand of of the fatal uh, what is it the the fatal uh, five yeah the fatal five way extreme rules match at extreme rules this Sunday Roman Reigns mm-hmm. versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt versus Samoa Joe mm-hmm. I want I think a Samoa Joe Samoa Joe yeah a Samoa Joe <laughs> Brock Lesnar match. Would be awesome. Yeah, I think so too. That would be. I would. I. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I, I would. I would love to see that too, and I think fans will probably favor that. Um, 
that you would know, be like make, it'd be more realistic make, make, of a fight, man. You can be like, yo, like the, like it'd be very much more realistic, you know. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I want to see Finn Balor bring the demon out against Bray Wyatt. Yeah, they, like they were teasing that, that was, like weeks ago. And then yeah. they never really followed up on it. I was, I think everybody was excited about that, and uh, and it would be dope to have like the the demon Finn Balor versus the Eater of All Worlds, Bray Wyatt. I'm just, you know, um, I this whole Roman Reigns shit, man. I'm, <laughs> you know, um. It's the same shit. It is yeah, over and over Every, again, man. Like it's like, all right, with somebody else, same thing. All right, blah blah blah. My yard. This is my yard now. And I'm you know, I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm just the guy. Oh my god, that shit is horrible, dude. It's oh, every week. And week the, and there's guys that are week. tweeners between uh faces and uh heels, but he's not a tweener. He's still a he's still a baby face trying to act like he's a tweener and it doesn't just doesn't work. Nothing will work for him. He he needs a makeover bad, man. I mean, he he need he needs something, man. Every once in a while there is this Look. little like tinge of him being a heel. And then they would just go back to you know, you know him in his yard and the guy and blah blah blah. <laughs> and really, I'm like, getting tired of getting tired of him beating people that he shouldn't beat. Shouldn't he shouldn't be Seth Rollins? I mean, from a from a real life perspective, maybe. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Right. But skill set wise, in that ring, I just it's like wow. You know, put him over again, huh? Each and every week, they put him over. You know, like, wow, again? Yeah. Wait, did, uh, did, fuck again? Did I, wait, did I ever tell you my, my Roman Reigns analogy into hip-hop? Uh-uh. All right, th- this is the analogy I made, like, for how I feel about rap and hip-hop these days. Like, more on, the, like, the mainstream level of, rap or hip hop whatever I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like in a lot of cases any hip hop artist that has any hype gets jammed down all of our throats in the same way that the WWE jams down Roman Reigns down our throats Oh yeah that's great that's a good way of uh yeah real shit It's the only it's the only gen- like hip hop and rap is like the only like genre of music where I feel like people are always telling you that you should you should like or listen to an album like they're telling you that you you'd be crazy or you're not or you're stupid or whatever if you don't like this artist and I'm like oh it's so like and it gets worse as time goes on man I just, that's how, and I'm like one day I was like you know that kind of it's like like what if like what if everybody in the WWE what if Vince McMahon did that with everybody like oh man <laughs> that's, I don't think we're, I don't, <laughs> 
I don't think we would really have a, sh- a show to watch. <laughs> what if everybody got Wouldn't jammed down your throat? Like, that's exactly what I feel about, like, rap music these days, that everybody gets jammed down our throats, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, just chill, man. Like, Yeah, it's horrible, man. <laughs> it's horrible. I was looking at something today with Cool G Rap. was talking about, um, and I reposted it on my Facebook. Um, cool G Rap, was, he was getting interviewed by Vlad. Yeah. And... And he was talking about, man, you know, rap has, you know, turned into, you know, uh, catchy, you know, like ABC one, two, three. He said, next thing you know, you're going to have people, you know, doing stuff like peekaboo, peekaboo. And Brad was like, he said, well, it's funny that you mentioned that because it's a, you know, rapper out now who has a song called peekaboo. <laughs> A little yachty, and it's little yachty, and the look that he had on his face was like, like you could tell he didn't know that it like, was a real fucking reaction. Like, are you fucking and serious? I was just like, huh? Like, are you fucking serious? Yeah, he was like, oh wow. He was like, see, he's like, I didn't even know that, man. I just said that. And he said, well, there it is. It explains it all right there, what I just said. You know, he was trying not to diss, dude, because he was like, "Right, you know, get your bread, get your bread, da la la But, you know, don't forget, you know, what it's all about, man. And, yeah, man. Oh, speaking of what, shameless plug, man. These are my people. Make sure, you know, uh, y'all support that new Cool G rap album produced entirely by my man Moss from Toronto. Um, comes out June 2nd, you know, uh, support that very dope hip hop. They, my people. Oh, definitely. And, uh, and you know, cool G is on my album and Moss is producing on my album. You know, this new boy, I got Thornton Mellon, shameless plug, shameless plug. But yeah, um, horrible. I feel you. I definitely feel you. Um, if Vince was to do that, man, it, it wouldn't work, man. It wouldn't work at all. Yeah. Like what if like, at, like, just everybody was being jammed on your throat. Like that's who, that's how I feel. Like, like rap is today, dude. I'm like, oh, cause I, you know, I listen to all sorts of music and they don't do that in other uh, forms of music. You know, th- there's mainstream stuff on, 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 of every, you know, every type of music, but it never gets like jammed down your throat, you know? And you feel like, Oh man. Like, yeah, you feel like some <laughs> sort of obligation to like it or respect it, you know? So I'm just like, Yo, <laughs> I ain't, I ain't liking it or respecting it. Fuck that. <laughs> right, shit. That's the problem, man. We give too many passes to weak shit, man. And Hell if, it's, shit. if it's some dark, it's some shit that might be polished, but I don't like. You know, and I don't mean that it ain't dope. It's just some something that I ain't like. But you got shit out here that is just horrifically bad. I'm talking about. Like you can't even put makeup on it to make it look good, make it sound good. You know, um, it's just uh, like wow. And then you look at the people that like that, and you're like, oh, you really like that shit, huh? Okay, well that say a lot about you, a lot about you. Can we hang out now? Nah, we can't hang out, man. You, you listen to future. You, I, I you know, I, I, don't have, I don't have no mollies or no Percocets. I don't, we don't, we don't do that over here. I got, I got some Henny though. 
Right. Like, and even him, even even off uh, even Floyd Mayweather was uh, talking about that. They're talking about what music he likes and uh, hip hop and everything. He was saying, "Oh, it's it's okay to be a junkie these days." You know what? <laughs> and if Floyd say that, not saying a lot. You know, <laughs> saying a fucking lot. Right. And, and I watch I, I watch with Floyd on the fight tip. You know, um, but a lot of people, you know, they they look at Floyd's lifestyle and they think a certain thing. But if he come out and say that shit, hey, man, hey, you know, we used to be, I used to learn, you know, about black inventors, you know, you know, uh, KRS-One, you know, you must learn. I used to learn about different stuff, you know, from hip-hop. Now, now we ain't learning nothing. It's just all unmeditated garbage. It's just horrible. And a lot of y'all, you know, listening to that garbage too. So you know, y'all support that. Y'all support a lot of garbage. And right, y'all do. You know, and it's like, okay, whatever, you know, you know. But a lot of the way a lot of these people rap, you know, and I'm not even just talking about like the mumble rap or the autotune rap or whatever. There's just a lot of cats that it just it just sounds so jarring to my ears when I listen to it. I'm like, there's there's no like even vocal melody or they're not writing the beat in anything. It's just like, it, it's very jarring to my ears, you know? <laughs> I'm going to tell you, um, you've seen trading places, right? Yeah. This is what I hear when I hear new rappers today. You remember when Eddie Murphy dressed up as the African man, and then Dan Aykroyd dressed up as somebody. And he was like, boogity, 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 ha! That's what I hear. <laughs> oh, my ha! God. Oh, that, that's so real. <laughs> boogity, 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 ha! That's all, that's all I hear. I don't hear nothing. And it, it just, you know... Like wow, yeah, I like that shit. And Every record, is, that's what I had. Another thing is, there's people out there who try to defend this stuff by saying, "Well, it's just like the modern day uh, equivalent of scatting, like back in the day." And like, no, 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 it nah. isn't. Nah, there was some. There was still there was a rhythm to scatting. There was a soul to it, you know. There was something behind nah. that, you know. This this is jarring. That, that ain't scatting at all. That shit is. That's what that shit is. That's, <laughs> and it sounds like that. It sounds like that. But yeah, man, it is. It is what it is, man. You know, I mean, I must keep saying this again. Y'all buying that shit. And, you know, to some people out there, you know, I might sound like a hater. I might. Right. I think a lot of you get confused with hate and being truthful, you know. I've started seeing this recently. Hey, man, hey, uh, what you think about this, that, and other? Hey, man, you know, um, you know, not for me. That's, that's my way of saying that shit whack as fuck, and I ain't fucking with it, but I'll just say it. Gentlemen, gentlemen like, oh, that's just, uh, hey, it's, that's cool. It's not for me, though. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I, that's what I be trying to say. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not as critical about stuff as I used to. I'm like, 
whatever just it's not for me it's a lot of it's like i feel like a lot of these a lot of these rappers nowadays and it's weird i feel like they have like this influence from like british hip-hop or british rap the way they rap but Mm -hmm. they don't do it as well as like the british guys and they don't have the accent to make it sound cool, you know. <laughs> yeah, like those, yeah. Bri- like those British guys at times would be like, "Oh, screw riding a beat, I'm just gonna rap, dog." Like, but they still sounded yeah. kind of cool, like with their their accent, and they they made it work. It was something different, you know. But some of these cats now, they're yeah. like, uh, "Screw riding a beat, man! I gotta get these bars in that make no sense." Yeah, all that <laughs> shit. I mean, again. You know, you got music, you know. You know what's crazy? I always looked at Gucci Man as, as this horrible, this horrible, you know, uh, any, mini Mike Mo type yeah. rapper. His music sounds better than the shit that's out right now. Oh, his, his stuff sounds it. amazing I, compared to, uh, like... That, that, that's okay. That was okay. That's always been like, it's like he actually rhyme. He actually rhyming now. Yeah, you're like sitting there like, you know what? He's actually he's actually not that bad. You know, like th- there's always that line. I feel like like it keeps on being pushed back. You know, or whatever, pushed forward or whatever in regards to like the lack of creativity or horribleness or whatever. And if you go back and listen to something that you thought was horrible like back in the day, that was like some like radio record or whatever. You're like, you know what that. It's not that bad anymore, you know? Like like you remember nah, it's not. Like you remember that wanna be a baller joint? Yeah, oh my look, that I ha- was my Yo, I hated cousin dude, dude. Let me tell you something. My cousin Brian. God bless his soul. I, I love my cousin Brian. Right. Back in the day, you know, my 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 cousin Brian, you know, he's a baller. You know, he he, he out of that life now, but you know, when he was out there, I mean, he was driving convertible Audis with the, you know, he was driving stuff that was popular before it got popular. Like, first car I ever been in where I see the the the, the screen come out the dash, and it was like, oh, this. But anyway, whenever he come, whenever he come pick me up, I hear that fucking song. Wanna be a Oh my God, dude, I used to get, I'd be like, dog, I'm not getting in that ride unless you turn that shit off, dude. Because this is shit. No, it's not, dog. It's horrible. (laughs) Put some some knives on, man. You don't have no Wu-Tang? You know? But no, the funny funny thing is. Look, look, look. I'd be like, he was like, man, you got some yo shit? You know, I will always say, man, you should invest in my shit, man. And to this day, because I should invest in your shit. No, really. Not really. Yeah, but you wanted to play, want to be a baller, shot caller. That day. You know, interesting story, man. The dude that was on that record, what was his name? Youngster? Youngstar? Yeah. Okay. Me and Gov. We were uh, doing some shows down south, man, and we was in Houston. And we ran into that particular dude, man, and we went to the hood. It was the first time. Like, Detroit now, recently, I've seen a lot of horses in the neighborhood. Houston was the first 
cities, I've seen, like, people having horses, like, in their front yard, like, in the hood. It was, like, a, such a culture shock for me, you know. But we went to this dude's studio, and he, he, he was a complete gentleman, man. Um, but I still didn't like that fucking record, man. You know, when he told us, he was like, yeah, man, I was on that you." And, you know, Gov, Gov wanted to record with um, this other cat that he was with. And we wound up linking up, and he was actually a pretty cool dude, man. But yeah, I hate that record, dog. But but the thing is, if you like go back and look at it now, like what, like seventeen years way later, way better, way better than <laughs> it sounds yeah. amazing compared to some of the stuff now, man. Oh man, <laughs> so that's that's hip hop quotable right there. And <laughs> <laughs> that shit that we got now, man. The shit we got now is just wreaking havoc. It is, it is destroying brain cells one by one. You know, uh, it's yes, yeah, it's, it's that fucking bad, man. It's that fucking bad. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what to do? What to do? What to do? Mm, right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, okay. No, the funny thing is though. Okay, there. I did see this. Uh, I went. Like this uh, past weekend, I went out to uh, Pontiac to see this uh, this um, hip hop or this rap group. They're kind of rap meets sort of punk rock, and they're called Horror. And it's like mm-hmm. spelled uh, it's spelled H O nine nine O nine. And mm-hmm. dude, this is this is like rap meets punk rock, you know. And they were amazing, like it. Like their album uh, that came out just recently, the United States of Horror, like it's an mm-hmm. incredible, incredible album. Um, the on tour with them, they had a drummer. I think it's the drummer. I forget his name, but I think he's the drummer who, like, more recently has been uh, the drummer for uh, for Bad Brains. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, and he's also the drummer for. Uh, Doyle from uh, the Misfits, uh, his uh, solo project. Um, okay, I think it was the same drummer, but dude, it was incredible show, man. It was like it was a small crowd, but everybody there was going nuts and like just it was all these like twenty something white dudes just like moshing around and stuff. It was actually kind of funny, but it was just it was fun. It was a fun show, and. They also had on their tour. There's this also this um, this hip hop group called uh, um, Injury Reserve. They were mm-hmm. actually really dope. They're a little bit like they they have very they have very uh, kind of sensibilities of like the old school hip hop and everything uh, with uh, with sort of like jazz samples and stuff like that. But it's not like boom bap rap though at the same time. And they kind of they're a little bit. And the you know kind of like an alternative like it's like they're not your regular sort of hip hop group or rap group or anything. There's something different about them. Like they had a lot of energy. They had like they had they had a punk rock energy also, and they were actually just amazing. I was just like both both of them. I'm like this was one of the funnest shows I've been to all year. But like like mm-hmm. this cat's injury reserve man. Yo they're yo they're dope. I, I I don't I forget where they're from. I don't I'm not even sure where they're from, but they're they're dope. They're like definitely someone yo, know, people need to check them out, man. Okay. All right. 
Cool. Switching yeah. topics though. Um, you're uh, we didn't get to uh, actually this. I think this would have happened uh, after we talked last week. But last weekend, your boy uh, Errol Spence Jr. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> KO'd Kel yeah. Brook. <laughs> you, yeah, you've been, you've been talking about this dude for a while, man, and uh, yo, he came through. Errol Spence did exactly what I expected him to do. Yeah, I didn't get the chance to see the fight, so um, kind of break down what happened. Uh, well, anybody know anything about Earl Spence, man? Uh, he's a kid out of Dallas, D- Dallas, Texas. He's about 27 years old. Um, U.S. Olympian. Um, he is the kid that, you know, gave Floyd a black eye around the time um, he was getting prepared for uh, Robert Guerrero. Um, he has been a kid for a long time that has been on the come up. And what he did, most fighters can't do. You know, you want a world title shot, um, and you got a guy from another country, you know, you got to fight on, on his soil. Earl Spence went to the U.K., and Kel Brook um, is a solid guy. He's a real champion. Um, for the first six rounds, you know, you could say that the fight was either going Brook's way or it was going... It was more like a draw. Um, Earl, being a young fighter, held his composure, never backed up, not once. Um, Continued his game plan by hitting, throwing body shots and using his jab to set up other shots. He was relentless going to the body. And... If you ask me, uh, well, he wound up getting him out of there in the 11th round by TKO. Um, it was a, it was just a great fight for Earl Spence. Everything that was supposed to happen happened, and uh, you know, if you're a boxing fan, if you're looking to get behind somebody that you all can champion. Um, if you're looking for a classy dude, if you're looking for uh, a well-spoken uh, person um, that will fight anybody and top-notch, his skill set is top-notch, um, we all need to get behind this kid, man. Um, he, he's going to be great. Um, I don't think anybody in the welterweight division, from Keith Thurman to... Uh, Sean Porter to you name it in the welterweight division. I don't think you're going to be able to see this man. I think the only dude that could possibly give him a decent matchup is Terrence Crawford. And Terrence Crawford is fighting at 140 right now. He's the the, the champion um, at 140. So he will have to move up to 147 to fight Earl. But I can see that happening somewhere down the line. But Please, if you're out there and you love boxing, you know, look up Earl Spence, watch some of his fights, and uh, get behind that dude, man. He is re- relentless. He re- he reminds me of 
Like I said, he doesn't back up. He he can take a shot. He reminds me so much of uh, Mike McCallum. Mike McCallum, um, old school fighter. And his, they used to call him the body snatchers because his whole <laughs> game plan was just going to your body the entire fight. And once you wear that, once you kill the body, everything else goes. Right. Um, but he, he mixes up going to the body, then going to the head like Terry Norris. So it's like, he's just a relentless dude, man. And he's, he, he's going to, he's going to be a champion for a long time. Who do you think is uh, his first title defense is going to be against? Um, ah, man, that's a good question. Um, I could see them, I could see them maybe, maybe Sean Porter, because they're not going to give, uh, Keith Thurman, he coming off, uh, surgery. So that won't, that'd be, that wouldn't be smart to, to fight Keith Thurman. Well, it wouldn't be smart for Keith Thurman to fight him his first fight back. Right. Uh, um, that's a good question. I'm going to have to sit back and think about that, man. <laughs> I'm going to have to think about that. I, I, I'll tell you next week who who I think. You know, it might be Sean Porter. I, I don't see why Sean Porter wouldn't get a shot. Um. Wow, I'm gonna have to really think about that because <laughs> uh, yeah. Adrian Broner's fighting on July 29th, so that that knocks him out the box because he's fighting Mikey Garcia at a catchweight 140 fight. Um, Mikey Garcia is 135 champion. Um. Uh, wow, I'm gonna have to think about that, man. I, I'll get back with you on that one. Definitely. Switching to the the world of MMA, uh, what about this uh, Alexander Gust- uh, Gustafson uh, versus Grover Teixeira fight? That was pretty crazy, man. Uh, he kept hitting him with that uppercut, man. That them uppercuts, you know. I mean, that's that's the one punch that kept working, and he kept, you know, if it ain't broken, don't don't fix. Right. You know, so that. That last round when he hit him with that three punch combination <laughs> and then he hit him over the top. Right. Uh knocking him out. I was like, Whew You know. Um I would be real curious to see him against i I would be curious to see him against John Jones or D C again. I would love to see that. Right. It was crazy though, man, that uh Glover Teixeira just like like he was so tough, he was just hanging on in that and it felt like it was one of those things where it was like it was like the later it went, man, the more dangerous Glover actually was because he knew he was losing. Yeah, because he knew. Yeah, he he. I was I was expecting that one big shot. That one big shot never happened, but um, it's just. I mean, he lost. He lost. You know, he, he's always classy in defeat. I, I like Glover. Yeah, and it was crazy though. Um, that same weekend. Uh, over uh, in one championship, uh, there was there was a uh, a welterweight fight that it was between. Uh, let me see if I can say this name properly. Uh, Zebatian Kedistam. Uh, he Again, defeated. Kid Funky. What's that? 
against uh, uh, Kid Funky? Oh, no, no. This was another one. Uh, but he was going oh, okay. against uh, uh, Luis Santos. And uh, it was crazy. Like, this whole the whole uh, fight, Santos was clearly winning. And just all of us, and they're halfway through the third round. And all of a sudden, uh, Ketistam, like, he just comes out of no nowhere. I think he landed a couple punches and then started, like, hitting them with some knees on the ground and totally TKO'd them. Mm-hmm. It was just out of nowhere, man. It was crazy. Mm. I did see um, the Lee fight, and I've seen a little bit of a uh, of, of, uh, basket fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And you know, in all that, you know, I always, I love these, uh, these one championship, uh, events. They're all like very, all the, all the fights are pretty, are really good. You know, I really enjoy them. Uh, mm-hmm. they had a, they had a, uh, a grappling match between, uh, Gary, uh, Tonin versus Shinya uh, Aoki, which, uh, Gary Tonin was actually defeated Aoki. Uh, those grappling, really? those grappling matches are really fascinating, man. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they they have a lot of grappling ma- um, matches over here. The uh, what do they call them? The Metamorphs. Yeah, they got that. But then yeah. um, and then they have the submission underground that uh, like Chael Sonnen's a part of. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. He can't participate. You know, I think he got a he got a fight coming up. So uh, yeah, yeah. He he normally participates uh, during during his downtime. Yeah, but uh. Yeah, and all like the uh, the one championship uh, that uh, event, which was called Destiny of Heroes, dude. Like I love every one championship is one of my favorites. You know, out of all these companies, like and this That's is dope. and this is the thing though they have um, they have uh, pretty uh, like strict or different like uh, weight cutting uh, policies and stuff with their fighters. So all their fighters mm-hmm. are hydrated and happy like fight week and stuff. So that in turn actually like makes all these fights really good and very competitive because everybody is actually ready to fight and not dehydrating themselves. Okay. So all right. it was dope. And, um, no, and know another crazy thing was, um, Angela Lee, she, she uh, came down with pneumonia ten days before that fight, and mm-hmm. even the days leading to the fight, she was like puking all the time, and she still fought and won. And like the first thing she, that okay. she did after she won and left the cage was go puke again. <laughs> 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 so she's a. T- I, I mean, I would. I would never tell anybody to, to suffer through it, or you know tough it out or anything but damn she she taught like i get a little sick and i'm a baby man like like she had pneumonia and shit and still fought so she's a tough cookie <laughs> uh, I, I gotta i gotta catch her next fight i wonder who they have a fight next i think she's gonna take a little time off uh because she's been she's been um fighting a lot for the past like year uh i think she's had like yeah. three or four fights in the past year so I think she said she wanted to take some time off after this fight, uh, mm-hmm. but it probably still won't be that 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 long. It won't be like 
these guys in the UFC and shit when they take thing, time off. <laughs> what 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 uh what did you think about what Brandon Vera had to say? Oh, about old girl? Yes. <laughs> Dude, when when you have someone like like Brandon Vera doesn't want to fuck with you, then Yeah. <laughs> like I uh then you're probably not that good of a person. Even okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing was, okay, everything that happened between uh Cyborg and uh whatever her name was, uh Angel Magana. And mm-hmm. um even even Kat Zingano came out and said that at that retreat, because uh, they're all part of Alliance, uh that she yeah, was kind of acting like a bitch. Yeah, she was kind of uh throwing some uh sideways comments her mm-hmm. way during like all mm-hmm. the when they're all hanging out and stuff and she and cat just kept it cool because uh angela was there uh, longer than her she was the, yeah and, and she didn't want to like she she did, yeah she didn't want to like rock the boat or anything but she said she was just always saying some shit you know like always saying some shit that whole weekend so but she just kind of kept her cool and like walked away and tried and just pretty much left like like hanging around everybody because because of her. Yeah, she knew. She said she knew though. She knew that ass was gonna get tapped by somebody. She had it. She's like, it's bound to happen. And sure enough, what's up with all that whole ass talking? What's up with these like these fighters? Like, I, I swear, there's some fighters. I feel like they 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 feel like life only exists in the cage, and like anything that they say, you know, they, no one's actually gonna like, you know, call them and and shit that they say, like uh, what? And the fact that like she's not in the same uh, weight class as Cyborg. Look, Cyborg got friends yeah. in her weight class. <laughs> that wanna t- that want that that wanna tap that ass. Right. So Cy- Cyborg yeah. makes some friends in in the in in that weight class. So like. She she was just running her mouth like t- way too much like 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 you said at one time man habitual line crosser she's a habitual line crosser yeah and that's what the fuck she was she's a motherfucker habitual I mean you just she kept at it kept talking shit it's like okay okay bitch like, I got something for you ho and the thing is like and, like cyborg cyborg is she's very sensitive you know and she's she'll. She'll call. She's she's actually a really she's nice. She's a nice, sensitive woman, and she she'll call you on your on your bullshit though. You know, it, like shit like that hurts her feelings. Yeah, I mean, you know, Dana come out and say, "Well, how can a fighter be a uh, cyber bully?" Like, come on, dude. You know she was. You you know she was talking mad shit, man. Don't don't sit up. Don't sit up and, and you know. To say it uh, because you're a fighter and that's your profession that you can't be cyber bullied, that's some whole ass shit, you know. Period. So again, I'm not mad. No, no. It it's been a very small percentage that have been uh, supporting uh, that little ugly chick. What's her name? Angela, whatever. Yeah. You know, you know, it's been a hand few of uh, uh, 
fighters that come out and say, hey, you know what? You said it's wrong. Most, mostly every fighter's response that I've read was like, that bitch had it coming to him. <laughs> right. And and what's up with this sort of, what what what's up with if, if Cyborg throws a punch at somebody like outside the cage like this, she's being the villain, but dudes can like throw punches at press conferences or elsewhere and they get like high five and be like, yo, he's the man, man. Like not even get not not even getting sanctioned. I read that today. They ain't getting sanctioned by Oklahoma at all. Yeah, man. Yeah, like yeah, Kevin Lee and uh and what's his name? Yeah, they threw punches at each other and they didn't get sanctioned or anything. And then how many people in the past have thrown punches on people and didn't get in trouble and actually got like, you know, bigged up by their boys and shit, you know? I agree. Um, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy that you know they can even be considering doing some whole shit to cyborg man, but it is what it is. Politics and bullshit. But Dana White did say that uh, cyborg will be uh, fighting on the the July twenty ninth card, but they haven't said who it's going to be, and it's not going to be Megan Anderson because she's going to be fighting for the Invicta. Or defending her Invicta title uh, um, soon at a, at an upcoming Invicta event, um, so who knows who Cyborg's? Uh, and then what's up with uh, right. what's up with uh, Jermaine, uh, Jermaine Durandamy saying she uh, she wants to go back to uh, bantamweight, go back to one thirty five. She <laughs> she she don't want to appoint she don't want an appointment with them hands. Like this is like she's, right. she's she, a horrible she champion. Horrible champion. That she don't she don't want them problems, and you know, it's understood. You know, I would I would much rather her come out and say, hey, you know, we're scared. I'm scared. I don't want to get them hands. You know, cyborg right. hands is horrible. You know, uh, she 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 hand delivers ass whoopings, and I didn't want to be a part of that. She should have just, you know, you know, but to say some whole ass shit about. She's a cheater, and I want to go back to 135, bitch. But you're the 145 champion. You you ain't gonna defend that, like really? And she she uh, says she don't nah. care about getting uh, stripped of the of the title now. Of course. What? You know, of course. She don't want to fight Chris Cyborg. Right. Just uh, oh man, like I don't know, man. Just just strip it from her and. And, and mm-hmm. just just vacate it, man. That, just vacate it and have and have a cyborg and someone else go, you know, fight and whoever wins from that, give them the belt. Definitely, definitely uh, some sad times here, man. You know, you got people not even want to fight my girl and shit. She'll be okay, though. Right, she'll be okay. You like? I'm like, I'm looking at Chris right now, taking shots to the gut. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, man. <laughs> She's smiling. She's taking knees to the gut, dog. I saw that. I saw that video. It was dog. awesome, man. She's just like, yeah, just like whatever. <laughs> Look at this shit, dude. I'm looking at. She's taking knees from both sides. She's taking kicks. Oh yeah, yeah. These motherfuckers don't want these problems. Nah. Not they don't want these problems with Chris. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, this weekend yeah. is uh, UFC uh, 212. Uh, 
headlined by uh, Jose Aldo and Max Holloway uh, for the, the featherweight title. You got the Aldo, who is apparently the featherweight champion, versus Holloway, who's the interim, the interim champ. Uh, does this does this does this fight just feel kind of weird because, like, like, you know, it was Conor McGregor's title, but they stripped him of it, and Aldo lost, you know, last time, and it it, it just it just uh, I don't know I I just feel like whoever wins this fight I don't feel like they're gonna be the true champ until they defend this title once. You know what I'm saying? Well, I know Jose got knocked out in 13 seconds, dog. Yeah, and he's and then he was just given the belt back. In 13 seconds, dog. <laughs> he got knocked out in 13 seconds, dog. 13, 13 seconds. 13. He ain't been the same since, bro. Has not been the same since. Yep. I tell you, man, I'm curious. Max Holloway might fuck around and win on Saturday. In fact, I'm rooting for him. Right, right. Let's get get Jose the fuck up out of here, man. He's been a complainer. Like, you can say a lot of shit about Conor, man, but the one thing you can't say is you can't say he didn't knock that motherfucker out in 13 seconds because that shit is forever embedded in my brain. Damn, (laughs) And Jose hadn't lost. Jose ain't had lost in motherfucking twelve years, some shit like that. He had a hundred title defenses, and then one dude come out of nowhere and knock him out in thirteen seconds. That got to fight. He got to wake up every day having Connor nightmares. Connor, <laughs> you know, waking up, Connor. You know. <laughs> you know? Think right. about it. You went from being this iconic fighter, you know, to getting knocked out in 13 seconds, man. How do you look in the mirror and still be happy? And, you know, and, hey, it is what it is, man. You know, maybe Jose got another good good win in him. But I, I'm, I'm taking Max this fight. Yeah, me too. I'd like to see uh, Max Holloway uh, get get the win. And taking Max, they'll take Max, and you know Jose win good for him. But you know uh, Jose mine ain't been right since that knockout. He was he was just a man just a week ago. Mm-hmm. Damn, homie! <laughs> you used to be the man, homie. homie. The fuck mm-hmm. happened to you? <laughs> what the fuck happened to you? Damn, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Boy, 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 boy. All right. <laughs> I think that's about it for this week's uh, Fresh of the Word podcast. Uh, v Styles, tell them where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at the forward slash V S T Y L E Z. Same thing with the Instagram, V-S-T-Y-L-E-Z, and my Facebook page, uh, my, my V-S-T-Y-L-E-Z. But you can also go to my official verified artist page at uh, forward slash official V-Styles. Word up. Thanks for listening. See you next week.
Peace. Fresh is the word.